0: The In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get
1: ready for takeoff.
0: Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a poetess, author and also a lady who has survived the experience of having cancer, Pauline Hanson-Gilman. Greetings, Pauline. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you?
1: I'm fine. And first and foremost, Nigel, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. And I am well. Thank you.
0: Well, you're most welcome. So what have you been up to recently?
1: Well, due to the lockdown and coronavirus, or my mum calls it something else... (laughs) I've been networking through the social media platforms and and I've been working with the Brain and Spine Foundation who have been a tower of strength for me, giving me a little bit back to what I received. Yeah, I
0: understand you're a cancer survivor. When and how did you discover you had cancer and what type of cancer was it?
1: Right, well, it was after nine years of suffering, uh, debilitating symptoms and going through uh, two extra pregnancies which exacerbated the symptoms even worse. Going to the doctors, my GPs down at the time, I'm in uh, Bristol they, I didn't know this at the time, Nigel but when I found out from the notes, they had labelled me a hypochondriac and they had labelled me a psychosomatic and were going to throw me off their list Yes, yeah, so you can understand reading those notes it was quite because you think that you're going to your doctors and they're there to listen to you they're nice the bedside manner is impeccable and yet the thinking of the thoughts and I'm not saying I'm not saying that's all doctors i honest I am not saying that it's just my experience of those particular doctors. So no, I'm not saying all doctors are bad. I'm not saying that at all. please. So I uh, discovered in 2001, after coming back up to Huddersfield, and yet again, the who I was with, they took that view that I was putting it on. And they took the view that I didn't want to work. I loved working. I was absolutely distraught when I, you know, when I couldn't work anymore. So they sent me to a routine MRI scan. And it showed up that I had a shadow on my spinal cord. And then after the surgery, the medical team told me it was a time Type three malignant spinal tumour called an astrocytoma. It has got a, a fancy title to it, but we'll call it an astrocytoma of the spinal cord.
0: And how did you feel when you received the diagnosis?
1: You know something, Nigel, I, as strange as this sounds, I felt incredibly exonerated. I actually cried with relief to know that there was actually something there. Not the fact that they told me there was a shadow, to know that they'd found something and it wasn't all in my head and I wasn't going crazy, mm-hmm. as strange as it sounds.
0: What type of treatment did you receive,
1: Paulie? The type of treatment that they offer with spinal uh, cord injuries at that time in the early 2000s was going in through the back, lay on your front and open your back up. So uh, they did it, it's what caused are going in and sucking out all the, the bad cells. But they couldn't go too deep down because I was told they'd been left paralysed and didn't want that because I was young, a young mum as well. So they didn't want that. So they went as far as they could and then they stopped. I spent a month in hospital feeling, helpless and feelings of self-worthlessness looking in the mirror and not seeing Pauline and you know something Nigel when you have your independence and your mobility and it's taken away like that, you suddenly realise, wow. So I think on reflection at that time, I must have been taking life for granted. I walked into that hospital thinking I was going to literally walk back out of that hospital and go back to do what I was doing to keep myself physically active as I could. I was wrong and I found a wheelchair, became my best friend for a good period of one year. I hated it, Nigel. I really hated it, (sighs) yeah. And then within the year of 2002, after the surgery i underwent six weeks of radiotherapy on top of the surgery on top of all the nine years of suffering so that affected my good side as well as so from the neck downwards i am affected
0: so was that a result of the treatment you received
1: yes for the first nine years of going through the symptoms my left side became weak i had muscle wastage limb pain and obviously with the pregnancies that as i said exacerbated it that what they didn't tell me was that after the surgery that I would be left defenceless. Defenceless in what way? Well, when I woke up from the surgery in ICU, I felt this enormous amount of pain. I didn't think a human being could take that amount of pain that was shooting down my side. And I felt as if I was sitting on a sponge. I couldn't feel my muscles. I couldn't feed myself. I just, and it was just a case of I couldn't do anything for myself. I had a catheter in, which I absolutely hated. And when I got out the bed, I thought I was going to topple over because I didn't have my balance. My life just turned upside down within a matter of 12 hours. Actually, it was a triple whammy because of the nine years of suffering and then the surgery and then the radiotherapy on top of that.
0: So, how long have you been cancer free now?
1: Well, when we say cancer free, I'm going to take that in a broad term, Nigel, because really, for the past 18 years, I have been in remission. I have an excellent, excellent medical team. You know, I have annual MRI scans and I do take regular medication. So I will say that I'm always in remission um, because they still have me on their books, which, you know, I really, really appreciate. And they've become good friends to me as well. Some days are better than some, you know, and in the early days, right at the beginning, I was taken up to 16 different types of medications just to keep me afloat
0: I understand you're a poetess and also an author so when did you become interested in writing poetry
1: well, from an early age um, at primary school, I loved reading and I had begged my parents to please, they had a writing club back in the day, a book club, sorry, back in the day, and I begged and I pleaded with my parents and I cried, please, mum and dad, can I you know, have some books to read? Well, from an early age at primary school, I, I always loved reading and I loved limerick poems and I found that I could write them quite easily if the, you know, the teacher could set a task and I really, really enjoyed it. However, as I got older and went into high school, my creative writing skills just became dormant and other things came to the forefront until my late 30s where I took it up with Bigger once again. And I'm so glad that I did.
0: Well, you're an author. So what is your book called and what is it about?
1: Right. Well, my book is called The Tapestry of My Life, A Poetic Portrayal of Harmony and Dissonance. And the book is a is a poetry book. I enjoy it it has different different sections in there. Um, it has the lifestyle of poems of my personal thoughts and feelings and emotions i've also got eulogy poems in there that i had the pleasure of being requested to write them for people i've also got testimonials in there as well I've got haikus. so you know like a life is formed around emotion one of the aspects is emotions and it's that book' so like if you look at that book if you read the book i'm hoping that it would bring comfort to people who may have lost loved ones for instance the eulogy poems in there's It's a celebration of life. And if someone can read that once they've suffered a loss, a loss of a loved one, bring them comfort, then I've helped and know that they've gone to a better place and know that they have happy memories of this person despite what they have gone through and how they've left this world. It's a, it's a celebratory of life. And it gave me a great honor to be asked to write the testimonials and the eulogies. No matter what color we are, what creed, what culture, we all go through awareness of emotions, you know, and it's learning to, to find and explore our coping mechanism. It's about sharing our experiences and capturing each other's imaginations. And that's what the book is about.
0: So what are your plans for the future, Pauline?
1: Actually, most of the collection that I have, I couldn't put them all in the book. So I do have, you know, some that are here and I've written material, um, new material, and I'm still writing because I love writing. I'm passionate about about writing. And when I met Barrington in 2015, when he came into my life, and I believe my father was the guided him to me, he came and he saw all these A4 papers with poems on there. He asked me what I was going to do with them and I'd just written them for me I did say 10 years before that I would love to publish a book so he encouraged me and t- together we were an awesome team I think anyway he noticed that there was a talent and he, and he felt that they should be shared the poems should be shared I don't want to forget the people beforehand in the community that encouraged me you know when they'd watched and heard me perform the poems but Barrington was the one that just pushed me that little bit further to reinforce the goal to pursue it and get the book out there.
0: So Paul Pauline, how can people contact you?
1: People can contact me. I'm on Facebook. I've got a business page the tapestry of, of my life. Instagram, Adina 1962. Twitter, that's at PHG9497. I'm also in LinkedIn, Pauline Gilman. Book, it's on Amazon. It's on Waterstones and you can buy it off eBay and I do personal sign copies for anyone who purchases from me.
0: Okay, Pauline. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce how can you avoid making the same mistakes again how to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now
0: Award-winning author Pamela R. Haynes. Her latest book, Loving the Brothers, is available from Amazon and all good bookstores now. Nominated in the Best Writer category by the BLAC Awards for 2020. Loving the Brothers by author Pamela R. Haynes. Order your copy of a fantastic book now. Looking for Love is a documentary that explores black relationships in the UK,
1: seeking answers to difficult questions, transforming the way we think about love and relationships. You know, 50% of couples who marry this year will get divorced.
0: Looking for Love from the award-winning director Menelik Shabazz is finally available on DVD. If I had been to a counsellor or been to a therapist, I would have dealt with a lot of those issues a lot quicker. Get yours today from lookingforlovefilm.com. Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.
1: Please like the podcast and subscribe to this channel. Thank you.